Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. You where I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 143 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Con Whiteley. And today's episode is on how does propaganda work against opposition. And this is just such a brilliant podcast episode. I really do like love these in between the shows. I've had to focus on like political psychology and like a focus on like the warm. And this is just such a brilliant episode, which you will I can really like see though, like how this actually plays out in the real world. So I cannot recommend this. And it is Friday the 1st of April 2021 as I record this. And as always, I, I always love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode. So you can always email me, conwiley at conwiley.net. You can always leave a comment at the show notes at conwiley.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi-whiteley. I always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation. And this episode has been sponsored by Social Work Psychology, a guide to social and cultural psychology. And uh, what makes this a great, really easy to understand book, a, a perfect sponsor for today's episode, is that the psychology that works behind the propaganda is actually based a lot on like, social psychology. For example, in groups and out groups, um, inter group competition, and so many more great topics. So if you like enjoy today's episode, then uh, then I can recommend this like great book enough because it will really help you like dive into the um, psychology topics behind propaganda. So that is social psychology, a guide to social and and cultural psychology, available from all major ebook retailers, and you can order the large print, the paperback, and the hardback version from Amazon, your local bookstore, or a local library if you request it. So well, let's move on to the main content part of, a, of a today's episode. In our last propaganda psychology episode, we looked at how a propaganda can be used to gather support for a, a regime. Then uh, we looked at the social and the cognitive psychology behind that. In uh, this episode, we uh, need to look at, at how a propaganda can be used to disunify and uh, confuse the opposition to a regime or creator of a propaganda. And that's why uh, this is a great political psychology podcast episode. How does a propaganda work against the opposition? In addition to a gathering support for a regime, propaganda is a very effective at incapacitating opposition, both within and outside a, a country, all because of a very key insight about collective action, such as the people protesting in the streets against a regime, and in other countries, people protesting against them too. However, this all requires a critical component. So this all requires successful coordination, as well as this was one of the reasons why during the Arab Spring, Tunisia was the only country that became a democracy afterwards. And during the past few months, as I write this, we have all fought, asked or heard, why don't Russian people protest or revoke? And whilst we answered some of these questions to some extent in the last episode, there are other reasons too. To, right, due to their intuition seems a con appellant enough. If your government is doing war crimes, bombing maternity hospitals and the children, then you protest to try and stop them. After all, if you had thousands of other people protesting, it is very hard to stop them or crack down on them, even though modern states try to. 
However, as our Westerners, it is very easy for us to say, why identify a protest? Because we live in a free ball, free country, where even though our governments occasionally make massive mistakes, we can all protest at minimal risk. But the people who live under authoritarian regimes don't have that luxury. Since if these people were protest, then they could be arrested, beaten, tortured, or probably disappear for good. Therefore, whilst a massive protest can be effective, smaller protests can be extremely costly for individuals, leading to opponents facing a coordination problem. Because if a person is confident that others will protest, then they believe that they should protest. But if they aren't confident, then they may decide that protesting is too risky. Overall, within a country, propaganda can be used to cause a coordination problem. Since if the propaganda makes the people believe that others aren't protesting, then people may decide that protesting is too risky, leading them not to protest at all. How does a propaganda work against international opposition? So international opposition needs needs uh, coordination too, but well, due to sanctions need a coordination, and they're very costly to uh, different countries. Uh, for example, in uh, the UK, we're already uh, starting to uh, feel the uh, cost of the Russian uh, sanctions. Uh, as according to like, Sky News and the government sources, they're very affecting the increasing cost of living. And this is before we consider all of the dirty Russian money in the UK and more specifically London. Also, countries like Germany and Italy rely heavily on Russian gas and oil more than other countries. So many sanctions made against Russian imports were to hit them harder than other countries. As a result, sanctions require a very high um, level of a consensus to be effective, either because they're decided collectively, like at EU level, or because they need a lot of countries to participate um, for them to be effective. For example, if you're going to sanction Russian oligarchs, then you will need to make sure that a number of other countries sanction them, so that they simply can't move their money from one Western country to another. The more countries that sanction them, the less options they have to move their money around, hence making life a lot harder for them. As well as with the countries are facing different costs for implementing these sanctions, they have a different criteria for deciding whether to join them in that they're enforcing or not. Because opponents of a regime need to coordinate the needs, propaganda can be used to make this coordination more difficult, with propaganda's aim always being to confuse, divide and incapacitate all possible opponents. How does that propaganda cause confusion? So with all propaganda creating lots of fake narratives, it can help a regime to reduce the certainty of an opposition to public opinion within the country and others about the truth, all because it is harder to be angry and want to take action if people aren't sure whether something is actually happening or not. For example, where the World War II war criminal Hannah Aldhan, I'm really sorry, I've probably completely like butchered like that name, said that the ideal citizen for a for a totalitarian, rather semi like long words here, totalitarian regime is someone for whom the barrier between truth and false no longer exists. And I didn't put this in the blog post, but I think that's such a scary thing. Yeah, but like a thing though, because if a citizen, like just imagine you not knowing the difference between truth and um, a fiction whatsoever i think that would be horrific that would just be yeah i would hate to live in a world like that 
But that's the point of a propaganda. And that's what propaganda actually tries to make you believe. So very, very scary. <laughs> okay, then. so we're back to the blog post. Within a, a country where a regime controls a public communications, this confusion works at even more subtle levels. Since even if you don't believe in, in the propaganda, you may fear that others may believe it, resulting in you opting not to protest because you fear that not enough other people would. In the bitter end, even if large numbers of other people want to protest against a regime, very few might choose to, all because the propaganda convinces them other people wouldn't protest. In a way, propaganda helps her to create a self-fulfilling prophecy. How does propaganda cause a division? Propaganda doesn't only confuse people, but it divides them. Due to whether it is a, a group of protesters within a, a country or a group of countries considering sanctions, there will always be various levels of a disagreement. So, what the propaganda uses this has to a stunning effect, since these opponents can be facilitated by a propaganda to engage in a motivated reasoning, reasoning in a favour of the regime, which allows the regime to appeal away subgroups from an otherwise cohesive whole. For example, if the UK, Germany or Italy believed that sanctioning Russian oil and gas in Porto would be too costly, then that propaganda could deepen these divides and make these governments believe that these sanctions would be a lot more costly than they actually would be. So where they abandon plans to sanction these imports. Overall, well, this is why international unity is so critical. How does a propaganda incapacitate opposition? So, as I alluded to in the section above, when opposition is confused and divided, there is only one outcome. The opposition becomes incapacitated. Be it thousands of people decided not to protest or protest within a country, or the international community decides not to sanction a regime, due to the leaders and public opinion are too divided, and making it too risky to move against a country. This is probably why, and even now, the reason Russian ambassadors are appealing on all Western TV channels, channels and even at the United Nations, trying to spread their lies. Because all that they're trying to do is confuse the West, the public and leaders in that to be incapacitated. Finally, this is why false flag operations are so effective because they blame the victims of the attacker as the aggressors. Okay, then. So where the domestic and international opposition becomes confused and they cannot actually see what's going on. Hence, they become confused and this greatly limits their ability to take a clear stand. Conclusion. So personally, I've really enjoyed these past two political psychology episodes, episodes though, because of propaganda. It's a great topic and now I feel a lot more informed and propaganda is so critical to understand during these troubling times. So to wrap up, it is honestly a great shame that propaganda can be very effective at both weakening opposition by making up the line between truth and lies so blurry and gathering a support for a regime because the people want to believe it. However, there is a great hope because the thing that makes propaganda so effective and predictable is also what makes it fail. Because when people will stop thinking that the regime is a good for them, propaganda progressively falls on a deaf ears and then it stops working. So that's definitely the hope. And what's currently happening in Ukraine is no exception. At some point, the propaganda will fail and then what happens next will be interesting.
So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you got something out of it. I really enjoyed it and I really have learned so much because of these in between episodes. Thank you so much for listening. I really, okay, now well, I am like really, really grateful though because it's all of you wonderful people that actually keep me like researching and actually keep me like looking in there to this. So I really hope that you're in and enjoying this too. And if you know anyone who would find today's episode useful, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us spread the words about the podcast. And definitely check out Social Psychology, a guide to social and cultural psychology. It's a great book and it's available in all of the usual places. But if you didn't want to buy a book but you still wanted to give the podcast a bit of like one-time support, then please check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash Connor White today. So have a great day everyone and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.